0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we return to the book of Ezekiel, where the Lord compares Jerusalem to the wood of a vine. It is only fit to be burned in the fire. He speaks of finding Jerusalem as a babe in the land of Canaan. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 15. On simply the Bible
0: Ezekiel was prophesying to the elders who were captive in Babylon because they had turned a deaf ear to the word of the Lord he began to speak to them in parables in chapters 15 through 17 Ezekiel speaks about a vine an unfaithful wife and three shoots from a tree these were designed to penetrate the hearts of the people who had hardened their hearts to God's voice. And at the same time, they would impart spiritual knowledge to those who were seeking the Lord. These parables not only described the sins of the nation, but also declared the terrible judgment she would receive. We continue in Ezekiel chapter 15. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, how is the wood of the vine better than any other wood, the vine branch which is among the trees of the forest? Is wood taken from it to make any object, or can men make a peg from it to hang any vessel on? Instead, it is thrown into the fire for fuel. The fire devours both ends of it, and its middle is burned. Is it useful for any work? Indeed, when it was whole, no object could be made from it. How much less will it be useful for any work when the fire has devoured it and it is burned? Now, the vine is a symbol of Israel. Isaiah used it in his parable of the vineyard in Isaiah chapter 5. Jesus used the vine as a symbol in John 15, where he called himself the true vine, and his followers the branches. The purpose of the vine is always to bear fruit. God looks for fruit from his vineyard. The fruit we bear is the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. And it is also the fruit of good works and the fruit of souls being added to the kingdom. Jesus said that if we abide in him and he abides in us, then we will bear much good fruit, but apart from him, We can do nothing. But the problem with Israel was that despite many warnings, neither the northern kingdom nor the southern kingdom bore fruit. Therefore, they were under God's curse. The Lord was no longer concerned now with the fruit of the vine that time had passed. Now he spoke of the wood of the vine. If the vine did not bear fruit, then all you had left was the wood, and of what use would that be? Unlike the wood of a tree, you could not use it as a building material. You couldn't make any furniture out of it. You couldn't even form a peg to hang a pan on or even your coat. It was good for nothing but fuel for the fire. And even at that, vine wood didn't burn very long. You could only really use it as kindling. If the wood of the vine was not useful before it was burned, then how much less would it be useful after it was burned? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, like the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest, which I have given to the fire for fuel, so I will give the inhabitants of Jerusalem and I will set my face against them. They will go out from one fire, but another fire shall devour them. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I set my face against them. Thus, I will make the land desolate because they have persisted in unfaithfulness, says the Lord God. Because the vine had been fruitless, God would give its wood to the fire. He would set his face against the inhabitants of Jerusalem and they would be consumed. They would be judged with multiple burnings. These multiple fires were successive Babylonian invasions. The first occurred in 605 BC when King Nebuchadnezzar took the temple treasuries to Babylon along with some of the best young men, including Daniel and his three friends. In 597 BC, there was a second deportation of exiles, including King Jehoiakim and Ezekiel. But the siege of Jerusalem would begin in 588 BC and in 586 BC, the Babylonians would destroy Jerusalem and the temple, taking thousands of Jews captive to Babylon. All along, God had been giving them the warning signs, but they were ignoring them, thinking that things weren't that bad and it was going to get better. But each successive fire got hotter and hotter. Yet even in this, the burning was not for condemnation, but for discipline. And after the Babylonian burning, God would restore his people back to their homeland. When nations turn to wickedness, God must judge them. If they pay no attention and refuse to turn from their wickedness, then the fire will burn more intensely and the devastation will be more severe. Now, in the second parable, God speaks of his unfaithful bride. The word is against Jerusalem, but the parable extends to the entire house of Israel, as we shall see. God speaks of first finding Israel as a helpless babe in the land of Canaan. Chapter 16. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations and say, Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, Your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. As for your nativity on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt or wrapped in swaddling cloths. No, I pitied you to do any of these things for you, to have compassion on you, but you were thrown out into the open field when you yourself were loathed on the day you were born. God says to cause Jerusalem to know her abominations. You see, Jerusalem was the last holdout. She was the capital city of the southern kingdom and the apple of God's eye. During Israel's glory days under David and Solomon, Jerusalem was the spiritual and political center of the nation. But despite all of this and the Lord dwelling in her in the midst of the temple, she refused to turn away from her abominations and became an unfaithful wife. So, God goes back in time to her history. The Lord chose Abram when he lived in Ur of the Chaldees and brought him into the land of Canaan where the Amorites and Hittites lived. These were pagan and idolatrous peoples. Israel was as an infant who had been abandoned. Now, infanticide was actually a fairly common practice in those days, not too far removed from abortion today. An unwanted child would be tossed out, even into the field. Now, in this case, her cord was not cut and she was not washed with water. Usually, they would do these things on their babies and then rub them in salt as an antiseptic and wrap them in swaddling cloths. But none of these things were done for her because nobody cared about her. Anti-Semitism began early on. And when I passed by you and saw your struggling in your own blood, I said to you in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. I made you thrive like a plant in the field, and you grew, matured, and became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed, your hair grew, but you were naked and bare. So God saw Israel coming from the land of Canaan and he had compassion on her. He saw her struggling in her blood. He chose to make her thrive and she grew up to adolescence. I believe that this would speak of her going into the land of Egypt, but she was still naked. Now, even in Egypt, we know that the children of Israel worshipped idols And so she was naked. The idea here is that she was not clothed in righteousness. When I passed by you again, I looked upon you. Indeed, your time was the time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you. And you became mine, says the Lord God. So now that she was in Egypt, she had entered the time of love. She had become a young woman. And so he said, I spread my wing over you. Now we know from the book of Ruth that to spread one's covering or garment over a a woman, a virgin, was to say, I'm going to be your covering. I would like to be your husband. And so uh, he entered then into a covenant with her. And of course, that happened at Mount Sinai. And in reality, that was a marriage covenant between Yahweh and Israel. Then I washed you in water. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood and I anointed you with oil. I clothed you in embroidered cloth and gave you sandals of badger skin. I clothed you with fine linen and covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments, put bracelets on your wrists and a chain on your neck. I put a jewel in your nose, earrings on your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. All of these things God did for Israel as his bride. The washing with water speaks of washing with the water of the word of God. Anointing with oil speaks of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Being clothed in fine clothes speaks of the righteousness that God imputed to his people. And being adorned with jewels speaks of beauty and the fruit of the Spirit. And all of this God did because he loved Israel. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver, and your clothing was of fine linen, silk, and embroidered cloth. You ate pastry of fine flour, honey, and oil. You were exceedingly beautiful. And succeeded to royalty. Your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor which I had bestowed on you, says the Lord God. So he fed her with the finest foods. She was exceedingly beautiful, and her fame went out among the nations. This speaks here of the glory days of Israel under David and Solomon when even the queen of Sheba would come and visit Solomon because his splendor was world-renowned. Thus, the Lord had compassion on Israel and he gave her his best attention. He loved her as his bride and as a loving husband. He did everything he could to provide for her and beautify her, to anoint her and to make her holy. But as we will see tomorrow, she did not love him in return.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at Calvarytv.org. That's Calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow, we will see where the Lord speaks out against Jerusalem for her unfaithfulness as His wife. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ezekiel on Simply the Bible.